When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Forever. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. I hear you biting off a brain down. I myself am on the brain. I used to want to be a real man. I don't know what that even means. Now I just want you in my arms again. And we can search each other's dreams. What's up, 3Bs? What's up, Diamond Dogs? What's up, Athletic Gerbils? It's Rhea Butcher, the host of this year's podcast, which is called Three Swings. It's a podcast about baseball and other things. And I wanted to come back the second week in a row, talk to you, because as of, what, two nights ago, we had the announcement that baseball is back. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Um, I just want to start off podcast i think we'll probably i'll probably do a nice little intro and then we'll just talk about that uh but you know you got to get that wonderful ad read in the middle of there so um what's up with me it's been a week i feel like a thousand things have happened if nothing's happened in the past seven days since i spoke with you last um gonna hopefully you know i'm i'm trying to get back into the swing of things i intended that pun um, and get some guests maybe here and there, see what we can do. Um, it was a really great time talking to Randy. Would love to have Randy back on to discuss even more things. Um, this past couple, couple days, the week, whatever, I spent a little less time on the internet. Um, trying to continue to post the things that I believe in. Um, I live in Los Angeles, so I've been trying to participate in the People's Budget LA to defund the LAPD and the LA Sheriff's Department. Participated in um, quite a few Zooms and conference calls. Uh, Specifically, the one that comes to mind is the uh, LA Sheriff's Department Committee Commission Oversight meeting that I went logged on to to leave a public comment about the uh, lynching of Robert Fuller in Palmdale and then the subsequent execution of his half-brother, in uh, Compton, I believe. Um, and then also some some uh, incredibly violent police brutality that I witnessed on the internet. Um, I'm also not sharing those things um, for many reasons. Get into that in a second. Um, uh, so I was participating in that meeting, and, and uh, you know, my intention was to leave a comment about Robert Fuller, but I ended up getting a, an education 
in uh, the lack of transparency in the L.A. Sheriff's Department. And if you want to find uh, something uh, more corrupt and evil department than the LAPD itself, um, and if you don't believe that the LAPD is corrupt and evil regime, take a watch of Burn, Motherfucker, Burn on Hulu. Um, it's a documentary from three years ago. I highly recommend it. I thought I knew a lot because I thought I was awake to what happened in 1992, all those things. But, you know, here's here's what I learned. You have to learn something new every day. And I've heard a phrase, you learn something new every day often. So you got to remain teachable. It's not about telling everybody that you're listening and learning. I got some news for you. If you're telling people that you're listening and learning, you are still talking. So listening and learning is an inside job. You get to hold that on the inside and you get to keep listening and learning and you get to remain teachable. So I watched that documentary, highly recommend it. Um, you know, and then I went into this, to this zoom meeting. Um, and you know, I learned a lot about even more about the prison industrial complex. I heard people call in who have family members who are currently incarcerated for crimes that have, that it has not been proven that they've even committed a crime. That is not to say I believe that people who have committed crimes should be incarcerated. Um, I've changed a lot of my belief systems on a lot of those things. Um, I don't think that perpetual punishment heals um, in any way. And uh, I, I beg of you to consider those things and take some time with it yourself. Um, talked about it a lot already on here. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, it's hard to think about, it's hard to think about people who are incarcerated period. Then you lay a a pandemic on top of it. It's even more difficult to think about, but I beg of you to spend a little time educating yourself and considering it. Um, and why we don't think about those people, um, why we put them out of sight and out of mind, um, perhaps has some lineage in, you know, the North versus South belief of, uh, you know, the Northerners being better than the Southerners. Um, but you know, it's, we're all, it's all, we're all just, we're all in this thing together. You know, uh, many of us don't have to suffer the same injustices because of the color of our skin or where we were born, who we were born to, um, ethnicity, like all these things. We, we all, we all have privileges that keep us from paying attention or witnessing or, you know, we can never, I can never understand what someone else has been through in a first person account, but I can be willing to, to try. I can, I can be willing, I can be willing to admit to myself that I will never understand. And therefore I don't separate myself from someone else. I don't look for ways to be different. I don't look for ways to be better than, um, I look for ways that I look Instead of looking for me in you, I look for you in me. Sometimes that can be to investigate my faults, and sometimes that can be to find a sort of, as Father Gregory Boyle puts it, radical kinship with other people. Um, The privileges that I was given in my life don't set me apart from anybody else, and the places that I lack allow for me to 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 better understand. Neither of those things make me better a better person than anybody else. So I say all of the things about the sheriff's department um, because it's actually 
pretty easy to get involved right now. Um, many commission meetings and many uh, many city council meetings are available on the internet. Um, you might have to do a little digging, but I guarantee you right now, there's something somewhere in your city, in your county, in your town, somebody is starting something. Um, and if they haven't yet, maybe it's you. Maybe you are looking for something to do. Maybe you have been given enough to get by and you have free time. And so I ask you to use that free time that you might otherwise be using on, you know, it's not to say you can't have, you know, free time that is just for some, but it's like, we all have a little bit more time than we used to, and we can put it to good use. I'm actually super grateful to not be doing stand-up comedy right now because I, my focus has shifted and I've taken <laughs> I've taken those talents to South Beach. You know what I mean? Like I've just taken the talents that I was given in stand-up comedy and I'm beginning to see ways that I can put those forth in other places. Um, and sometimes it's just having a conversation with somebody. So... Uh, you know, I've been spending some time off of the internet, social media, because um, it's a it, it, it's a tough place. You know, it's always a tough place. It's always a tough place because a lot of people don't have places to discuss traumatic things. And oftentimes social media becomes that place. And it's like walking through a knife drawer. It's just like it's sharp in there. And sometimes I go on there because I want that feeling and I have to be really present as to like, why am I here? Why am I going back here? And if I'm going on the internet just to escape and not, not feel my own feelings and not spend time in my own discomfort, I will often be given shown something that I don't want to see. And that is always proof to me that I don't need to be here. <laughs> maybe I should wash my dishes. You know, maybe this is not, this is just not the moment for me right now. Um, and so I guess I'm just sharing that in hopes that it's helpful to somebody that's listening that like, yeah, if you're finding yourself in a lot of pain on the internet, I used to then comment on that on the internet. But what I found is that just pulls me into more, even more pain. And so, um, you know, it's just, it's like, oh, I'm, this is like, this is just not the street I want to walk down right now. There's a lot of leaf blowers and a lot of this and a lot of that. Like, I don't have to be here. There's nothing for me to change. The only thing I can change is not be here. So maybe I'll do my laundry, you know? Um, and I've I've learned those things. It's like the quiet little work. It's like how I'm spinning out about solving racism or solving a pandemic when my sink is full of dirty dishes. So maybe I do the dishes. And usually when I do the dishes, I I get a little more information. I get a little focus towards, oh, okay. I think probably what I should do is post about uh, things you could do. Here's this thing that I did um, and share that thing or reach out to somebody and see how they're doing. You know, little, little things like that um, help to get me through these times. And there's, there, I mean, there's just, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot. There's always a lot every day. We're seeing all of it. If, if it's there, something I've been, um, sort of like kind of chuckling at all day is, uh, the fact that like I not Rhea butcher, but just me as a type of person lives rent free in Ted Cruz's head. So I can't live rent free in my apartment, 
but I can live rent free in that dude's head. And like, that's pretty, pretty fun. So, uh, sorry for bringing up that guy, the bowl of soup Wolverine. Somebody called him that, um, or soup for dessert Wolverine, which was a pretty funny name. Um, but you know, we gotta have, we gotta have a laugh every now and then. Uh, so we will be back right after this uh, with talk about what the hell's going on with uh, men's Major League Baseball. All right. So men's Major League Baseball, otherwise known as the MLB, announces... Their 60-game season for 2020. The source is CBS Sports for this one. Um, I saw it on, what is it, Thursday? So that was, I think, Tuesday night at this point. Or what? Yeah. Um, saw, like, all these reports of all these things happening. And at the same time, was watching, uh, at least in Los Angeles and then Arizona and Texas, um, cases spiking in the thousands. <laughs> um, and... And uh, just seeing that tracking, which we'll get to even more in a moment, um, and watching these people just like, and like, I really don't want to be in judgment. You know, I really don't. But I just, it's stunning to me to watch people want baseball to come back. And I see most of my, most of the people I know, you know, in comedy or through the internet who, who are sports fans like myself, uh, many of them have sort of shifted. I've watched their shift and I'm not trying to be like I was there first. I just, there has not really been a moment through any of this pandemic that I've been like, oh, well, I hope that sports, like I just, it just, it just flew out the window and I let it go <laughs> because it has just not seemed, it has, for me, myself and I, it has not been a priority. Um, me getting exercise, me meeting up with two or three people, staying away from them, being outside, bringing hand sanitizer, wearing masks and doing BP, um, that very different. I have done that recently. I'm unsure if I'm going to continue to do that simply because cases are spiking and more people want to do it. And so the numbers are going up of like who wants to go practice and who wants to do this. So I don't know if I'm going to do it. It's like everything changes every single day, which is also why I feel like how could you have professional sports? when everything's changing every day. I don't think we finish. I don't think we start a 60 game season at this point. And I don't think we finish a 60 game season. And if we do, it's simply for revenue. And I mean, I think all of this is simply for revenue. I know the players want to play because that's their job and that's what they want to do this thing that they've been bestowed with the ability and talents to do. But if if all things were, if we were, if we all had our heads together, I don't know that we would be doing all these things. I'm watching Los Angeles, the mayor say, please stay home. The cases are spiking. While at the same time, he opened the bars on Friday, bars, restaurants, gyms. Like, how do you, how do you say, please support small businesses, go to these bars and restaurants, also stay home. It's not, you can't, those aren't, those are opposing statements. So Major League Men's Baseball is set to return, set to return. 
MLB owners voted unanimously Monday night to have Commissioner Rob Manfred mandate a 60-game season. The league and players failed to reach a modified agreement for a 2020 season after weeks of negotiations, and Manfred had the right to impose a schedule thanks to a deal the two sides struck in March. So I... I don't really know if this is good for either side, honestly. Uh, The MLB Players Association, the MLBPA, informed the league Tuesday that players will comply with Manfred's imposed outline for a 60-game 2020 season. Players are set to report for, quote, spring training on July 1st, and the regular season will start either July 23rd or 24th, uh, the league announced. The two sides also finalized coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, health and safety protocols on Tuesday night. Here's part of the league's statement announcing MLB's return. The health and safety of players and employees will remain MLB's foremost priorities in its return to play. I have doubts about that already. MLB is working with a variety of public health experts, infectious disease specialists, and technology providers on a comprehensive approach that aims to facilitate a safe return. MLB has submitted a 60-game regular season schedule for review by the Players Association. The proposed schedule will largely feature divisional play, and once again, the Houston Astros get out of a pickle, with the remaining portion of each club's games against their opposite league's corresponding geographical division, i.e. East versus East, Central versus Central, and West versus West, in order to mitigate travel. The vast majority of major league clubs are expected to conduct training at the ballparks in their primary home cities. I have a sneaking suspicion that now that the Dodgers will be conducting training, we won't have COVID-19 testing there any longer. However, people are still being tested, so I don't want to go too far down that conspiracy rabbit hole. I hope that that isn't the case. I hope that if they do end up playing, there are no fans. I did see something somewhere, so I don't want to give it too much credence that they are going to allow that the Cubs will play in front of fans. So I have, I I just, I don't trust any of any of this as far as I can throw it. And for right now, it's not all the way to third base. So I'm unsure. I'm unsure. I mean, I just, uh, my, uh, a dear friend of mine, my, my co-manager of, of uh, our, our dear team named death, which is a perfect name for a baseball team right now. Um, he doesn't like this idea of a season being like this. And I think many people feel that way. And I just feel like it's your, your, is this really what we need? Do we, I, I, people are still dying. Uh, there's a revolution going on. Um, and you guys want to go play baseball. And I, it's like, I, if you've been here listening to this podcast the whole time, you know how much this game means to me. You know how much the game of baseball means to me. I love it. I I love it with my entire being. It's part of my soul. And I am horrified that it's coming back. Absolutely horrified. I I think that the priorities of this country right now and in the past are completely skewed. And I think that all we care about is money. And it's very obvious to me. Um, because if we cared about anything other than money, we might be funneling, uh, you know, public health experts, infectious disease specialists and technology providers into healthcare, into, um, nursing homes and quality of life for the people who live in this country. 
you know, I can only speak for, but also the world. If we really cared, if we were really supposedly the greatest country in the world, wouldn't we be trying to help? But we're not. Not to the level that I would want us to. Me personally, Rhea Butcher, nobody else. The MLB will have a COVID-19 specific inactive list this year that players will be placed on if and when they test positive, and they will, or show symptoms. There will be no set amount of time for the player to sit out, unlike the injured list, which requires hitters to miss at least 10 days. I mean, that's good, I guess. Um, And as part of the commissioner's mandate, the MLB also announced the following dates. Friday, June 26th, the transactions freeze ends. This Friday, which is today when this is coming out, the MLB's transaction freeze will end and teams will be allowed to make trades, etc. Sunday, June 28th, the rosters are due. Teams must submit their 60-player spring training rosters. 60 players. You can't even have a room full of 60 people anymore. Uh, Rosters by this Sunday, June 28th. Once the season begins, teams will be allowed to carry 30 players on their active roster. That number will drop to 28 after two weeks, then 26 after four weeks. August 31st is the trade deadline. I don't understand how anybody would be doing any trades right now, but whatever. Extended from July 31st to represent the true midpoint of the shortened season. Um, And then we have, in addition to that, we have men's major league baseball rule changes. This is also coming from CBS Sports. In addition to the shortened season, the MLB will also introduce the following rule changes when play resumes in late July. Asterisk, asterisk a universal DH, and a base runner placed on second at the start of every half inning in extras. So I'll take the second part first. (laughs) MLB was willing to completely shut down, sacrifice, mutilate minor leagues pre and during the pandemic, but absolutely willing to steal their rules. Um, Many people are upset about the base runner placed on second at the start of every half inning in extras. I mean, at this point, it's hard for me to care, truly, um, although I do dislike it. Um, I think extra innings are the point of baseball, and anything that's changing the extra innings or something that is unique to the game of baseball is, in my opinion, a farce. So, But I also honestly don't care, because I don't know if I'll be able to watch baseball this year. Because for two reasons. Number one, I'm unsure that I'm going to be able to get myself to that point of wanting to watch this thing in the middle of everything that's going on. Number two, they're still going to black out the show, the games shows. They're still blacking out games. So through all of this, through all, you know, this is, oh, baseball is supposed to be the salve to heal the nation. We need to heal the nation with the game of baseball, the fabric of this great nation. We need every, we need to come together and watch the game of baseball be played in front of us as Americans and da-da-da, all this shit. Well, sorry if you don't have the right cable package. So, sorry. Whoops. Who cares? No fans in the stands, and if you don't have the right cable package, well, too bad. You should have thought of that. Should have thought of that before you went into this pandemic with uh, DirecTV. That's on you. So, sorry. So then to take the first part last, the Universal DH, at this point, similar to the base runner on second, I don't really, I mean, I don't care too much. I I like the uniqueness of a pitcher hitting. We've discussed it ad nauseum on Twitter. I don't really know how much I need to go more into it. 
I mean, I, I guess like at this point, I'm just like more hitting means more hitting. I, I am going to miss, you know, the, the strategy of a double switch and pitcher coming up next and, you know, in the next inning, like all that stuff, I'm going to miss that, but okay. I mean, I, I just don't have any fight left in me about rules about baseball in this particular year. Talk to me in five, maybe I'll be back into it. Um, but we will end the show on what I think is the most important statistic through all of this, um, which is that 40 MLB players and staff have tested positive for COVID-19. The source for this is USA Today, uh, the, the newspaper you find in hotels. 40 MLB players and staff have tested positive for COVID-19 in the last week, according to a USA Today report published last Saturday or Sunday. Excuse me. I mean, I also just going to say this we have no idea how many players tested positive before that. If they, you know, uh, the positive tests came from players and staff who have been at MLB spring training facilities and the exact number of clubs affected isn't known, but is reportedly more than 10. <sighs> I'm just going to say that again. The exact number of clubs affected isn't known. Is it not known because they don't want us to know or is it not known because they don't know? Good question. We'll probably never know, but it's more than 10 and there are 30 clubs in Major League Baseball. So that's probably half. That's a lot of people. Five Philadelphia Phillies. Shout out to Paul F. Tompkins, friend of the show. Players and three team staff members tested positive for COVID-19. The team confirmed on Friday. That outbreak occurred at the Phillies spring training facility in, you guessed it, Clearwater, Florida. Meanwhile, the T Toronto Blue Jays closed their Dundon, Florida spring training facility after a pitcher on the 40-man roster began experiencing COVID-19 symptoms. I also just read that three Twins players tested positive last week. The MLB has reportedly shut down all spring training facilities after the outbreaks. The training camps will temporarily close and facilities will undergo a deep cleaning. What does that even mean? Players will need to test negative before they can be permitted to return. So that means all these players are going to get tested this week and be quarantined while they're awaiting their results from their families before we start on July 1st. So is that what's going to happen? Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> Among the known players to test positive for COVID-19 is Rockies all-star outfielder Charlie Blackman. The Denver Post had first reported Blackman's condition saying Tuesday that three Rockies players had tested positive, which was confirmed by ESPN's Jeff Passan. Of the three players who tested positive last week, two were asymptomatic and one showed symptoms, according to the Post. So it seems like a big hot mess, and it seems like, um, I, I mean, I, I, if, I, if I was going to get into gambling, which I'm not, because I would definitely have a problem, I would put money on baseball not happening or ending before we get to any sort of a postseason. It also just fe feels ghoulish to me um, to put people in this position. Uh, you know, I have a parent who has been working through this whole pandemic. Um, she is in her 60s. Uh, she's been working at, you know, she is not a first responder, but she's working in, you know, what was deemed an essential business, um, a retail business. Uh, back in Ohio, which did a lot of lockdown, but she, her business was open. Um, and she's been exposed to this. 
Um, and so I, it's, it's, I do not have any, I, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, and so I guess for me, it's like, why are you doing this to people? And I feel like opening baseball up and having it happen again and being like, this is, you know, it's just another way of putting, trying to put life back to how it was. And it's, it's be, it's being unwilling to accept the reality that this is normal where we are right now today is normal. And I, I just as a human being, the, the ability to do that and the attempt to do that, to accept that today is normal. It seems it, it can be, it can feel like being resigned. It can feel like, well, you know, but I can't, what, what good am I if I live today as though it was a year ago? What good am I if I live today as though it was three days ago? Not very good because I'm not living in today. Um, that's why I said seize the means of the day. Um, cause you really just, and we're going to make t-shirts of that probably. So I hope you guys like that phrase cause there's going to be shirts for sale. Um, being unwilling to accept that this is normal. This is what's happening. There will be a day where the pandemic won't be happening. I have no fucking idea when that's going to be. So if I keep living in that, you know, there, I used to live in, well, there's going to be a day where I'm not paying my student loans and I couldn't do anything. I, I was not like, uh, I was not a, a good member of society. All I did was, was live, live in anxiety waiting for that to happen instead of taking the steps for it to happen. <laughs> so like we have to take the steps now for that day to come, but not just sitting, waiting, frozen, and also trying to, to cobble together what used to be. Because um, it just doesn't work that way. And, and in cultivating the ability to see that this is normal, you can see the good things. You can see the good that is growing out of this. You can see Charles Booker running and perhaps winning. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't checked the numbers in a while. I can, I can see a... a, 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 a gigantic change in public perception of what black lives matter means. Um, and more people digging into it, myself included, you know, I spent a long time thinking, believing that saying black lives matter was enough. And, you know, being a kind, compassionate, helpful human being. Um, but it turns out there's more, there's more to it. Um, something I would suggest if you've got the time, is to read the uh, Black Lives Matter Guiding Principles. If you just Google that, Black Lives Matter Guiding Principles, spend some time reading those and just like really like holding them in your body. I mean, I've just gone back to them. I've shared them on my Twitter. Um, I think they're important to really understand and believe and live the fact that Black Lives Matter is not just a hashtag and it's not just a, a willingness a thing for at least white people to be able to say and and then sort of be like, yeah, no, I'm, I got it. It's like you got to keep moving towards that day, you know. Um, but not being able to see that this is normal and accept it and go, okay, so now what am I going to do? Um, doesn't help. It doesn't help anybody. And it certainly doesn't help me. And uh, 
being able to accept that this is what's going on helps me to see what I can do next and stop living in missing things or feeling like it's going away. It's like, I don't know when standup's going to come back and I'm okay with that. It's all going to work out. So I feel the same way about baseball. <laughs> standup is coming back. People are doing it. I am not going to do it. Um, it does not seem safe. DL Hewley is passing out on stage in Nashville. Uh, he's asymptomatic. It's just, it's too much. So stay the course, everybody. Seize the means of the day. Uh, stay kind. Uh, read some books. Um, donate some money to Project Q if you can. They're a local LA-based uh, nonprofit, but I believe in what they're doing. Um, also check out the Black Lives Matter guiding principles. Also look into what you can do to get engaged in your local civics and government. It is very accessible right now. Um, and if you send me links, I will repost them for small towns, big towns. Don't care. I will. I'm happy to boost those signals. Um, so, uh, thanks again for listening to the show. I really appreciate all of you. I'm glad you were here. Um, I'll keep talking about this sport even if it's happening and I'm mad about it. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm Rhea Butcher. This is Three Swings. And as always, if you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.